0: You are listening to the Athenium with Angel B. Jimenez. Guys, we are back. Our midseason finale just a couple weeks ago was spectacular. We tried out so many things. Um, we welcome the proprietor of the Athenian, which he won't be back anytime soon. I am in charge of the library for now, um, but so glad you could all be here. And we have another spectacular guest uh, today. Um, I'm not gonna tell you just yet who, but uh, I'm so I'm so excited. I'm so excited to start up with this second half of the season. I mean, it's been it's been a great journey, guys, and. You know, I had some bad news. I mean, I had good news and bad news in the last couple of weeks. ever Ever since that midseason midseason finale came out, um, I tried reaching out to uh, a celebrity that I wanted on this podcast. You know, I looked up to her a lot. You know, and I really wanted to have her on this podcast uh, at for the for the se- season finale, and uh, I was able to contact her agent. And for those of you who don't know. It's extremely hard to contact celebrity agents with that much following for free, right? IMDB Pro would be the best thing. They give you all the information you need to contact those um, agents. Uh, I was, but you have to pay for that membership. And I was lucky to get this agent from her um, uh, for free. I mean, I just, I dug in deep enough. Uh, I even considered going into the dark web to find this. I'm just kidding. Um, But I reached her agent and I was so polite. I think I think I was polite enough, right? And I mean, I, I get it. The podcast is small, right? It's it's barely a a sapling. But hell, I mean, what does it take for someone to be generous? You know, if someone asked me to be on their podcast because they took the time to analyze my work and they loved it and they want to hear more about me. want to hear more about what I do right it's not even about the following it's not really about the publicity it's just I want to help people right and her agent I'm not sure if she actually if my message even got to the celebrity or not I don't think so because I mean agents are just a mess to get through I hate them and me who I've had a personal PR agent as well I mean to get yeah, you have to get to the agent to get to the celebrity and sometimes your message won't ever get in through. But the agent was so rude. She didn't she didn't even take the time to answer properly. Right? I was so courteous. I w- I told I told the agent, you know, I was flexible between any time now and December, you know, by New Year's. Anytime they wanted, any day they wanted, even if I worked that day, I was flexible enough to to, to to cancel my work shift that day to actually do the interview. I was super flexible. I think I was polite, you know. And I'm not boasting or anything. I'm not giving myself credit. I'm I'm saying I was as polite as you could be and as flexible as you could be. I even offered to pay, right? And the the agent was so just it was it was a discouraging moment, right? They didn't even take the time to write a short two sentences they just wrote one sentence and i'm not i'm not gonna say what it was but it was disheartening right it was like i had high hopes like i i thought i thought i was actually gonna have this celebrity on the show and especially when i got their agent right and it was so disheartening it, it was discouraging it was a discouraging moment i think the rest of the day i was in shock not not because they said no. I knew there was a possibility that they they would say no, right? Like I said, my my show's just a sapling. It, it wouldn't benefit the celebrity much except to boost their ego, right? They were generous enough to actually take the time to talk to a teenage guy who wants to tell a story one more time, right? It, but it wasn't even that that they said no. It wasn't. It was the way they del- They delivered their response. The execution, and it was so poor. So, so poor that I can't even look at the celebrity the same way again. I'm just like, what the? Like, seriously? Seriously? Right? You couldn't even tell me why. And I even did a follow-up Even like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Do you mind, you know, maybe telling me why you would, um, why you declined my offer? I-, I was so polite even after that and nothing. And I get it. They're busy. Sure. I'm busy as hell too. No people. I got a freaking podcast I got to take care of. I got, I got to work at the family restaurant. I got school to do. I got to take pe- care of people here. My family. I got my book that I'm trying to market. I'm busy as hell too. And I'm still here trying to tell your goddamn story. Right? So it was just a disheartening moment. And that was, this was like a month or two ago. Um a bit before the midseason finale released and i'm not i'm not going to try to contact that celebrity again so that's when i was kind of like you know what if a celebrity ever reaches out to me i'll be honored to tell their story but after that it is hard to see celebrities as any anything else other than proud self Selfish you know they're not they're not they're not selfless they're selfish at least at least the way I'm seeing it now right I mean it's what they say never meet your heroes right I'm not I'm not I'm done trying to reach those celebrities right I got through the hard part I was able to reach them and if they said no that's fine right if they say no that's fine but I at least had the decency to decline my offer in a way that I'm not just left left there sitting like, what the hell? Right? You give me a one-liner. You can't even be professional enough to tell me, hey, no, look. you know, I suggest you do this or something, you know. But this is what kind of thing, you know, this is what's bothering me. I don't think my client would like to do this. Uh, the time doesn't work. The payment doesn't work. Oh, maybe you got to pay this fee. But none of that. No, they gave me a lousy one-liner. So it sucked. Yeah, it did. But then I got another good news. My book got accepted into the 2020 uh, Reader's Choice Awards competition. So that's a good news. Will it win? I highly doubt it. I mean, there's this book in the fantasy section um, with like 800-something votes, and mine's only got like 54. I haven't checked it in a while. I'm not sure if the votes have gone up, uh, but I highly doubt it. But uh, it was just enough good news knowing that my book was accepted for the 2020 Reader's Choice Awards. So that was a good thing. Um, And then I have another great thing. So, another great thing is I actually started a new hobby, guys. I know. It's an amazing new hobby. And the hobby is actually, uh, like, your typical d Dungeons & Dragons, RPGs kind of stuff, role-playing. I did not know how fun that shit could be. Honestly, it, it was. It's so fun. It's so fun. And especially as a writer, to be able to, to write with other people and create a story together, right, on Discord or on whatever... It's a great feeling, and you know what happened just this just today is we finished the first chapter of this long story, this setting that I had, and I gave everyone roles, which, uh, listener beware, that's not the best thing to do when you're role-playing. People don't like to be given their characters. They like to bring their own characters to the table, so I had doubt this story would work. It's a very long-term RPG, and uh, it's with a cast of 10 players, and we started doing this RPG, right? I gave them the basics, the basic characters, basic setting and everything because I don't like to control their characters either. I want them to have some creativity, make it their story too. I just gave them some basic right, setting and uh, conflict to keep the story organized and not have it all over the place. But I had doubt that this would work. I-, I-, I, could f- I could sense that everyone was kind of unsure about this. They were kind of doubting it. And that's why big RPGs are unheard of. Right? There's no such thing as like the Stranger Things, uh, D&D, you know, Will and everybody else, Mike playing, right? It's very unheard of because it's very hard to keep stuff like that organized, especially over a group chat, right? RPG. And at the end of this chapter, but by, by the end, you, I could already tell everyone was getting super into it. Like we were all, we, we could all feel this climax of the chapter coming. And when I ended that chapter, on our side group chat where we discuss the story and not have it interfere with the actual story because we have two group chats. It was just, it, they were all blowing it up with, hands down, dude, this was an awesome story. Dude, this is awesome crap, man. I'm loving this, oh my freaking God. Right, They were just blowing it up with compliments and it was so encouraging this time. And I was like, I couldn't believe my eyes. And then they even started with more, they were like, Guys, we have to make a graphic novel on this. I was like, what? Are you serious? Like, we just, we're just doing a lousy RPG to have fun, right? As writers together, we're getting together to write a lousy RPG through a group chat on Discord. So I'm like, you want to make a graphic novel on my story? Right? And, and then they were like, Okay, send me pictures of what you what you kind of uh, uh think your OC, original character looks like on the thing. And I want to draw them. I want to draw them because we want to make a graphic novel on, on this. And I'm like, what? Are you serious? Like, are you shitting me right now? Like, they want to make a graphic novel on a story that I gave them for a lousy roleplay or a lousy RPG, right? And that was the best part of my day. Right. And it's about to get better. We have an amazing guest today. Right. But that was that was just so encouraging to know that someone someone liked my story. As a writer that that pleases me. Knowing that I'm not some, you know, dumb wannabe author that I actually know that I can write good stuff. That I can actually entertain. And it, it went to the degree where these guys, these these players, that would most often never like having a character handed to them already made, they're falling in love with the story. They're complimenting it in a way that, that brought tears to my eyes. And, and I'm not I'm not a sentimental person. You can ask my co host. I am not sentimental at all. But that almost brought tears to my eyes. Cause it was just like, Wow. Wow. They care about it so much. And after that, that's when I knew we got this next five chapters. We're going to get it down, right? We're going to make a bomb ass story. And that was it. So yeah, I had, I've had good news and I've had bad news these last weeks. Um, but this is our first episode ever since the midseason finale came out. I know you guys are waiting for me to finish reading you Old Beth. We might not get to it ever again, you know. If you ever want to DM me for the story, I can give it to you. But we're just going to be so busy with our guests. We're going to be so busy with everything we're going to be doing. It's just going to be, it's going to be a spectacular. I'm so excited, guys. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited that you've tuned in and you're ready to support. And just showing the love, guys. Showing the love. You know, I, I love that, especially in these kinds of times where we're all kind of divided. I think that's the best thing we can do, show some love for each other, right? So with that said, guys, let us get started. I have an amazing guest today. She is a successful author of two books, and she's bringing out a new one. Her two books are A Good Kind of Crazy and Western Skies, and we want to hear about her. Tell us about that today, right? and everything else. I wanna hear about her publication experience, about her advice, about what kind of contracts she she went through as an author looking for a publisher because I've had my share of bad experiences and we'll see if I get a time to actually share them. But. I'm so excited guys so let's get this rolling I hope you enjoy the episode if you do leave a review at the end you know it always helps leave a rating leave a review leave a like follow us on Spotify follow us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts follow me on Instagram follow my co-host on Instagram it's going to be a great it's going to be a great uh episode guys so thank you so much for tuning in thank you so much for being here thank you so much for always giving your time and just listening in to the Athenium so as always guys Welcome to the Athenium with Angel B. Jimenez. Alright guys, and our guest today is successful author, Mike and Cylinder Nilsen. So let's hear from her now.
1: Hello, how are you?
0: Good, how are you? It's a pleasure to have you in the podcast today, Miss and Thank you. Yeah. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, uh, thank you so much. I was so glad you reached out to be on this podcast. Thank you. Yeah. So how's your day been going so far?
1: It's been going great. We decorated for Halloween and for fall and just kind
0: of took it easy. That's always fun. Yeah, that's always fun. Absolutely. And how's the COVID situation over there right now? How are you guys all taking it?
1: We're social distancing.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: in our family, everybody is home for the most part. Um, in Georgia, I think our numbers are actually going down. That I read finally, but it got pretty bad here for a while. Yeah. So nice to hear things are kind of trending down. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, we're kind of just staying in our little bubble as much as possible.
0: Right. Uh, I'm so glad to hear that. And what do you guys do to just kind of pass the time during these times?
1: Well, the kids go to school. I write. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my husband works, so we just kind of do the the typical everyday,
0: you know. Yeah, of course. And w- what are you writing right now? Uh, well, I actually am in the middle of writing two different books. One's oh, wow.
1: contemporary and one's another historical fiction. So I'm kind of vacillating back and forth between the two of them,
0: depending on my mood for the day. Right, right. And what's your mood the uh, during the day mostly like?
1: Rezzles. Four kids and three dogs. Like, can get a little
0: crazy in our house. Yeah, very so, crazy. Uh, yeah, definitely can be insane. So, actually, I do most of my writing at night after everybody's bed. Oh, okay, that's good. You're a night owl. I am. pretty that, much so. That's good. Wow, and you've written, you've published actually two books already, am I right? Yes, correct. Wow, tell me about those. Sure.
1: Crazy. I wrote that in four months, starting in, oh gosh, January of 2016, I believe. Um, we had just had a really stressful time in our family. Um, we're originally from Nevada, and my husband had received a job in Georgia. So we had moved here to the whole entire family and traveled across the country and settled here. And a year to the day we left Nevada, my husband's job was eliminated. Um, they closed so we really didn't know very many people here. And it was hard. You know how it is to find a job when you don't really know anybody. It's hard. You have to kind of have to know somebody on the inside. Mm-hmm. So we were struggling for a while with that. And um so needless to say, things were stressful. Uh so I just started writing one day. Um, it is about a woman who is in her forties who finds out that her husband's cheating on her. Wow. And chooses to dissolve her marriage and go and visit a friend in uh, hollywood Actually, and they go on location in canada and she meets the star of the show and their relationship kind of evolves from there oh, okay yeah so that was my first novel um my second novel actually i haven't published it yet oh. I, uh, it's kind of my baby uh <laughs> um that one i'm in the process of, uh trying to get it right publisher sure. the third book it took me about a year because i had written a good kind of crazy and had gotten a contract on that mm-hmm. and then um had been editing the second novel uh and then it took me about a year to write Then it's kind of a sequel kind of a prequel i don't really know what to do, <laughs> but um, as good kind of crazy television show um my beta readers like the television characters so much that they asked me to write the story of the two characters which is the historical western okay action show based in colorado so that is what western skies is so i guess you could kind of call it a prequel right um so that that came out oh my gosh that came out just about a year ago now right wow.
0: So, wow and you said western skies is based in colorado yes well i live in colorado what our, are the odds So we live in Colorado Springs right now, just an hour from Denver. Okay.
1: Very interesting. Okay. Um, West Coast is kind of loosely based around the Cripple Creek area. Right. Very. Popular. Okay.
0: I really name it in the book, yeah. but, uh, it's based. Wow. Fairly, yeah. Of course. Yeah. And where do you get the, where do you get the inspiration to write all these stories as an author? Well, I don't know. I've always had a very, um, active imagination uh-huh.
1: my husband always laughs at me because uh when i was four i had three and four i had two imaginary friends most people actually have just one but you yeah. managed to have two <laughs> uh, i remember being the instigator and of huge playground battles of like Battlestar galactica and all of these yeah games, games with a whole bunch of Classmates and things from a very young age as well. So my parents had a deck out off the back end of their house, and it was just perfect to pretend I was in a covered wagon, like Wrangles Wilder. <laughs> so I think I've always had active imagination,
0: Yeah, honestly. of course. Wow, that's that's amazing. And what kind of novels do you like to write? What's your like fixed uh, genre that you like?
1: Oh my goodness, that's kind of a hard one.
0: Uh, it is hard. Ask,
1: ask my friends. Yeah because um, I would generally say the, the the umbrella genre is definitely women's fiction. Okay. Uh, but as Western Skies is... Um, it's historical fiction. Uh-huh. So it's set back in like, 1890, right. Colorado. Good um, Kind of Crazy is obviously contemporary. Um, they're both romances, but they're not the typical... Harlequin romance, right? The bodice rippers and all of that. There actually is um quite an elaborate, lot, lots of character development. So, um I don't really know kind of real life drama, I guess. Yeah, sure. There, but also a little bit of, especially in a good kind of crazy. I mean, it is escapism for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I don't really know.
0: That's kind of right. Been question is where do I fit (laughs) of course right and that's always a complicated uh topic I I think personally me I uh I like to take my ideas from people what I see on the street I just like to observe people and take those ideas take those characteristics and implicate it into my book fiction fantasy horror whatever it is I just like to have that feeling of real life in the book, no matter how uh, f- much fantasy it has, how much monsters or whatever, right? Does, is that the case with you as well?
1: It is, for sure. Uh, I don't really base my characters off of anybody that I know. Uh-huh. Uh, my characters more reveal themselves to me. It's very um, interesting as I'm writing. I, I I more like see it playing out in my head like a movie. huh. Uh, so the characters, of like getting to know a real person i'm always kind of shocked by the details that are revealed to me that i don't necessarily invent at least consciously i mean obviously subconsciously i do but each character has a very personality uh-huh. and a very distinct, uh, carriage and and a way of speaking and um it, it, they, are, they are very much their
0: own individual. Mm-hmm. Wow and I like that thing that, that you said that you imagine it playing out as a movie because that's actually a very similar thing that I like to do. My books are very long term. The adventure, the journey with the characters and everything. So I plan out every chapter and it's got like 40 chapters each book. I'm writing a book series. I published the first book already and every chapter I plan it out. I write, I write out a summary for the chapter and I imagine every chapter as an episode of a TV show. And that's how I like to to leave my readers with a cliffhanger at the end of every chapter because I imagine it playing out as a movie or a TV show or something like that. So I really like that, that thing that you said because I haven't met that many authors that actually see it as that. So yes. that, that actually made me quite pleased.
1: Yes, it is, it is. Watching it just play out in my head, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't deny what was happening if I tried. Right. So... And, and from what I've understood, it's not that common.
0: Uh-huh.
1: It's awesome that you can do it too. Um, it is always, you know, I'm, I'm sure as you see it playing out in your head as well, it's always kind of this delicate balance between do I uh, I don't want to bore people to death with too much description but at the same time, it is really important to note body language and a little bit of the scene around the mm-hmm. uh, facial expression and, and tone of uh, that definitely does set the tone for each scene that one mm-hmm. writes. So um, I'm grateful that I can see it play right out in my head because it gives me so much more inspiration for those small little details that might be missed otherwise.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And uh, and detail's important. I, I think uh, many writers might uh, feel that the story is just all it is, but that detail, that you need it's essential for the books for you to build around that character not just have a basic character um, and that's why i like taking ideas from other people that i see taking those characteristics and just kind of not necessarily like you said basing it off of a complete person because uh, that might be we- a bit weird even though i've done it um but just getting those little things right those little uh, is he arrogant is he selfless is he caring about other people uh, how does he act? His facial expressions, like you said, that detail, I think, is essential in, instead of just writing out the plot, right? Right,
1: right. I uh, have my degree in geography, and I remember my favorite professor would always talk about sense of place, and it's very important in any book you write, obviously, to give that impression of, of what's happening around you without becoming so engrossed the description that you lose your reader
0: right so
1: uh, it's kind of like how I explain it to people is like in the beginning of friends the TV show friends yeah they they filmed that on the south stage in los angeles but just by a couple of very strategically placed um pictures or locations within the show mm-hmm. people believe that it's happening in new york city right so uh, it is not When you're writing, you have that sense of place without giving so much description. So much description that it's boring. Mm -hmm. But people kind of what's going on around them and setting, so that they can then decide from there and fill in the blank. Right. So um, it's always this delicate balance, but I I do enjoy it for sure.
0: Definitely. Wow. And I mean, there's another big part of being an author that I'm sure you're going to be familiar with is the publication process. Finding the right publisher is a pain sometimes. I mean, what was your experience?
1: Yes, it was. By the way, is the is the sound quality okay? I have a new headset on, so I want to make sure that
0: the sound it's quality. A, is it's not a it's a bit. It cuts up every now and then. Um, okay. I'm not sure if it's the headset, but I think I think we're okay.
1: Okay, if you want, I can switch over to my mobile phone.
0: Well, we can try. It. Let's see if that works. All
1: right, let me try over there. Okay, because for some reason my phone is is being or my computer's being strange on sound quality so oh I don't worry
0: about happy it happy. it happens but, to me all the time
1: all right let me try it on the phone instead here
0: there we go uh, awesome that, that is much better actually okay
1: sorry about that i thought that the headset would help but i think it's just my
0: computer no don't worry about it don't worry about it, it happens to me all the time it happened with uh, to me with a, another guest the other day and it's okay we solve it we take care of it and then it works out
1: okay great yeah
0: so tell me about your publication process
1: well like everybody else i started out doing the whole trying to find a uh, uh, publisher trying to find an agent actually Mm -hmm. yeah and like everybody else it's always a process you send so many query letters and get so many rejections and the rejections are actually nice because there's a lot of times that you don't hear anything at Mm -hmm. all which is frustrating yeah um i did try to do a few direct submissions as well and thankfully um one of the publishers that i sent into as a direct um submission picked me up So I thought that was pretty exciting. Um, They're a small indie publisher called Solstice Publishing, and they've been great to work with. Um, So, And uh, because they publish a good kind of crazy and there is a relationship between uh, that and Western Skies, they had it in the contract that if you write any sequels or prequels or any kind of connective book, that they get first dibs on it. And thankfully, they picked up Western Skies as well. That's amazing yes but now that i'm going through the process of trying to get um a publisher for my mm-hmm. second book um i haven't quite decided i probably will submit with them as well but obviously i will try to submit to eight other agents of course and uh, see what they have to see. yeah but it's always it's always an adventure and it's always a blow to the ego to try to find it a is publisher. yes
0: for sure have you had like a bad experience with a publisher before
1: haven't like i said i think probably the worst experience i had was trying to find an agent and not having anybody even respond yeah um it's kind of the same thing as when you apply for a job Mm -hmm. and you know like you're just kind of left wondering and obviously they get so many submissions that a lot of these people get so many submissions that they just couldn't reply but i did appreciate the ones that actually did yeah for sure to respond because then it kind of gave me a, a you know like okay well at least i wasn't in limbo anymore of course and a few of them were great even with with giving some suggestions or or some feedback about you know why it wasn't right for them a lot of it was the length i do write really long books at least i have written very mm-hmm. long books the three books i've written are um all around f- four to five hundred pages okay so they are significantly long and in this day where novella or you know um you know kind of the quick reads are more of a thing um my publisher actually said we're kind of taking a chance on this because most people like kind of quick reads but they liked it so they took a chance and thankfully other people seem to like it too i think the outlander series has kind of helped a lot to rejuvenate the the longer book style again that had kind of fallen to the wayside, and right. I'm happy that that it's coming back.
0: Right, wow. So 400 to 500 pages. So that's now to me, that's what I consider an average book. That's I don't even consider it long uh, to right. that point. My first book was 264 pages, and that was long to start off. That yeah. was long for me, but my fourth book was 524 pages. And that took a while. I mean, I was getting used to it because I had never written a book that long. Every book got longer. uh, It's like about 100 pages longer every time. And um, now my fifth book that I'm writing right now for the book series, because it's going to be five books, um, it's about 1,000 pages. So I'm going big. And I remember getting uh, advice from friends and family. They're like, don't don't make them too long. Don't make them uh, the... The page, the sign, the page, uh, length number, don't make it too different from the original, right? And I was yeah. like, I understand, right? Like, it's a big difference. Like you said, they want quick reads. But with the type of story that I'm writing with all the drama at this point, I feel like 400 pages or 200 pages is not enough to, to make right. it entertaining and not make it rushed, not make it choppy. Right. Right, so I'm like, I have to go for a thousand pages. I have to go for Bible style kind of long, because it's so much information, so much dialogue, so much drama that I need to put into it. That 500 pages is not enough anymore. I need to go bigger, and especially when it's the last book in the book series, I want to give it Absolutely. the the ending it deserves. So I'm like, I know, and it's gonna be a big shock when people read like the like the fourth book, 500 pages, and then it's twice as long, the finale. Yep. But I'm like, it's it's what it deserves. I think. I mean, how right. much how much do you need to usually put in enough detail to make it good?
1: Right. Well, for me, it's just this kind of like end scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I when I I don't storyboard and I don't really plan. Um, when I write, it just kind of flows out, and eventually, I just get to a point where I feel like their story's been told. Right. And we've reached a conclusion. So. Um, it, 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 it's hard for me to say that I, I mean, I don't absolutely aim to write books that mm-hmm. long, Yeah. but, but when their story is done, I'm done. Yeah. And I, I feel like each scene that happens in the book is very important to the overall story. Mm-hmm. So I've been very lucky in that, um, you know, it's always an author's worst nightmare to have an editor that like cuts out large chunks of Definitely. the book. Um, uh, I mean, it's like that's everybody's like, no, no. And I've been very blessed that uh, both the editors I've had this far have been great and really haven't cut anything. So um, that makes me happy. Yeah. Uh, You know, they've had a few like, maybe you want to rewrite this paragraph or, you know, this couple of paragraphs and, and like clean it up a little bit, et cetera, which is great. That's what an editor's supposed to do. But nobody's been like, yeah, this scene is boring and doesn't really play into the story well. So cut it. So, um i've been i've been lucky thus far with that Thank right. goodness i oh. mean knock on wood that continues
0: <laughs> right of course well, well you had a good experience with your editor then my editor didn't do much they were just like oh. they just fixed the spelling and the grammatical errors but that was it no suggestions okay. whatsoever on the story no maybe change this maybe rewrite this maybe you want to do this none of that no just spelling and this and they, they even butchered some names they rewrote some of the names i was like I already wrote the names correctly. Now you butchered them. I was like, yeah. no. So you had a good experience, unlike me, because uh, then me and my father and an English professor had to re had to like re edit the whole book six times. We went we read the whole yeah. first book six times, making sure we got everything, and it still came out with like two typos. But oh yes, and it oh, happens. Every book has it. But yeah, but we went through that book so many times because our publisher didn't do much about it. They were just mm-hmm. like, we're just going to skim through it, edit those big spelling errors, and that's it. You do everything yep. else, right? And I was like, yep. but there's stuff in there that needs fixing, and I need your advice on it, right? So yep. we had to go look for editors for hire, right? Freelancers and stuff like that yep. that we needed help on. But you had yep. a much more smoother experience than I did, apparently.
1: I did. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I don't know about you, but from between my first and second books that have been published, I learned a lot about editing. Um I had even edited before I worked at a uh, environmental research facility through the university of Nevada system and had edited scientific proposals and reports, but that's very different than fiction. Yeah. And, um, I am dyslexic, uh, not horrifically. So, and to the point where I didn't even really realize I was dyslexic until I was an adult and had a child that is very severely dyslexic. And I'm like, Oh wow. I guess I'm dyslexic too. So, um, I had a great editor for my first book. My publisher actually, because the lead character is actually Irish and it is based in Canada, uh, my publisher had found a Canadian uh, author that could handle the British English mm-hmm. spellings and that kind of thing. So that was great. But uh, unfortunately, I discovered after the audiobook was produced that I do much better hearing the book than reading the book for my editing process. Right. So for Western skies, there's definitely a component where I was able to read it out loud to myself. As I read along, Mm -hmm. I just had my, you know, it was the totally like, and then he did this kind of thing that the computer, you know, no emotion whatsoever. It was terrible, but at least it was allowed me to catch some of the things that I obviously missed in, Mm -hmm. um, a good kind of crazy. And Thankfully, my publisher is like, you know what, that's why we have different editions of books, uh-huh. you know, like books, you know, especially old books. You know, we find mistakes, we fix them, whatever. So, you know, but you're right. It is, it doesn't matter how many pairs of eyes yeah. you have. I mean, I edited my book probably six times. Then I had mm-hmm. the editor go through it three or four times. Yeah. And then I went through it again. And then the chief editor for the publisher went through it. And there's still stuff that got through. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, it's just
0: par for the course nowadays, I think. Of course. well, And aside from uh, publishers not responding sometimes, because it sucks, I, I know. Uh, yeah. I, I was reaching out for a, a, a celebrity interview just a couple of weeks ago, like a big celebrity. I actually got their agent number. And they replied, but with a one-liner declining my offer, I was like, like I was, oh, I was, no. I was hoping for this so much. I dug so deep for the agent because most of the time you have to pay to get some kind of agent information for celebrities on IMDb yes. Pro or something like that. But they gave me a one line and not even explaining why they declined. So I was like, oh, and, um, so I know, I know what that feels like when they don't respond or they just respond very briefly. But, uh, other yes. than that, what other, uh, subject or topics have been, a uh, what what other troubles have you had in the process of becoming a published author your greatest troubles perhaps
1: i think probably the biggest thing and and most authors nowadays that aren't with the big you know big five publishers would say it's exposure uh, you know there's so many books out there with self publishing ebooks all of that it, it's just hard to get your name out there mm-hmm. Um, my publisher does do some advertising, but they're small. They're a small indie publishing house so they don't have a huge marketing budget. Um, so a lot of the marketing has had to fall on me, which is fine, but it does take time. And you know my publisher does say that on average it takes about eight years from publishing to notoriety for the first oh, wow. for an author for the first time for the first book. So you know I'm kind of hopeful that yeah <laughs> that we're on that line. we're making progress. But definitely exposure is hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just knowing the right platform. I mean, I have been advertising. um, They've been advertising. But just trying to find the right niche of people and the right, you know, obviously social media is the way to advertise everything nowadays. You get so much further with your advertising dollar on social media than just about anything else. But it's still hard to know um, exactly who you're targeting. You can can whittle it down somewhat, but it's still tough. Mm-hmm. And obviously, just okay. So they saw it, but did they interact with it? Did, yeah. Did did that actually equal a purchase? Mm-hmm. So, um, that definitely has been probably my right. biggest hurdle. Right. So it's has
0: right, and so social media has been your strongest form of marketing so far, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's probably because that cast the widest net. Um. At least in my experience, I've, do, I've done a little bit on on all the different social media platforms right. and a few other things as well. But but you know you're just competing with millions of other people, obviously, that are writing books. And the great thing about books is that it, it's a continual source of entertainment for people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, people will always continue to read. So it's not like you're in competition necessarily with other authors because they read you know one author's book tomorrow. And then they want to read a different book three days from now. Right. So it's not like it's a one shot deal. There's, there's plenty of people out there that want to read books and they want to get books in their hands. It's just how to get your information in front of them. Mm -hmm. And it's certainly not like you're in competition necessarily with your fellow authors, because as I said, it's kind of a continual stream Mm -hmm. of, of revenue. I mean, people always want to read. Right. So, um, as far as the art arts go writing is a pretty lucrative i wouldn't say lucrative that's i mean not necessarily financially lucrative but but like people only have so much wall space for painting right you know what i mean but like reading is definitely one of those things that everybody does and everybody kind of has an insatiable appetite for Mm -hmm. so just because you read one book doesn't mean that you never want to read again so um in that way I'm grateful and I kind of just hope that eventually it will fall into the right hands. Right. It will really then take off. Because yeah, definitely. Do, yeah. And people do really seem to love the book. I mean, I've been really grateful for the reviews I've gotten. They've been really good and I really appreciate the time it takes. I know as you know, as an author, reviews are like gold mm-hmm. uh, and they're, you know, if people actually take the time to yeah. rate or review your book, it means a lot. Mm-hmm. So, and not, not even necessarily all great reviews. I mean, feedback is feedback, but if somebody actually takes the time to, to do that, that, mm-hmm. that really means a lot, and that does help. Right, so. of
0: course. And how long did it start, uh, how long did it take for you to start getting more uh, constant reviews for your book?
1: Well, you know, it, that's kind of the issue, too, is that, uh, and I've talked to other authors about this as well, I've been grateful for the reviews I've gotten for all the books, but obviously for a good kind of crazy as it was my debut novel, I got Mm -hmm. more reviews than I've received more reviews than I have for the second book. Oh wow! And I don't know why the, I really don't know why, what the psychology behind that is. Like, as I said, other authors have said that too. I guess it's kind of like, there's this idea that, that once you've written a second book, you're, exposure level is better so people don't feel the need maybe necessarily that's odd
0: yeah
1: Yeah, i'm not sure but it's not unusual that that a debut novel has higher reviews Mm -hmm. than than others from what i've experienced but um i'm just i'm always grateful when somebody does take the time to rate and review yeah for um, sure especially when they love it that's
0: the best yeah definitely and your aspirations for the future what are they like your dream goals uh in terms of Uh, being a writer
1: my dream goals for being a writer oh wow i think my dream goal would be to be um a lot of people's favorite author
0: (laughs) of course i think that's everyone's favorite every author's dream
1: yeah you know like i i really think that that would be be my i you know i i could handle some people fangirling over my writing that or, right you know or fanboying <laughs> yeah. over my writing that'd be really awesome so definitely I think that's probably my biggest dream i mean like i i have a couple of favorite authors who i am always like oh have something
0: else yeah about? <laughs> yeah and it's always great when they compliment your story uh, i was just saying in my intro that i just gave my story to like a group of 10 writers 10 other aspiring writers and they loved it so much. And I had doubts about the story. You know, I was like, maybe it wasn't going to be that good. But, like, everyone was just giving me so many good reviews about, like, the story. And they were just, they were loving it. And I was like, oh, I guess, I guess they do like it. And it's just a very heartwarming feeling to have them compliment your story like that and actually um, like it. Right? When you don't know if you like it, when you don't know if they're going to like it. And uh, yeah. it's just, it's just a very satisfying feeling is what I'm trying to say.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's a great feeling when people I mean we all like good feedback for whatever yeah. we do. Um so yeah, it, when you get positive feedback, it feels awesome. It definitely does. Uh, and and yeah, I mean it is even though it's something we write it, we enjoy it mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. we think it's good. Yeah. But it's great when other
0: people Yeah, say, hey, exactly. I really think that's awesome. Right. So yay. <laughs> yeah, it gives you that self-assurance that you did a good job, that it really yeah. is good. You're, it's not just you
1: absolutely it's it's kind of like you know of course you think it's good because you created yeah. it so when other people give you that that positive feedback it really is awesome definitely
0: and what would the steps uh what would the steps look like uh, for you to take in order to become that bestseller bestseller author um for your fan base
1: i think honestly it just like anything else it just boils down to getting it into the right hands um, it just needs to get into the hands of somebody who has a lot of influence and mm-hmm. therefore then can spread the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like any other form of, of uh, art right now, it, it's, the Internet is so important and, and people's reach is very important. So influencers who pick it up and actually like it, um, you know, and I mean, back in my generation, I'm old. So back in my <laughs> generation... It was like you know, with Oprah I picked up your book, or yeah. Ellen, or you know. Uh, nowadays, it's not even necessarily doesn't necessarily have to be someone famous, right? Um, in the traditional sense of the word, mm-hmm. it just has to be the right person in the right place with the right fan base.
0: Yeah, definitely that right publisher, that right connection to give you the right network for uh, for your fan base, like you said, for your book to get you that publicity that you need. Absolutely, for sure.
1: absolutely, and that seems to be. The universal lament of all authors is just trying to find the right person mm-hmm. to then project it to the right audience. Definitely.
0: And um, during your childhood, did you ever uh, like know that you were going to be a writer, or is that something that just came along like way later?
1: Well, I actually won a contest for a poem about what oh, my wow. mother meant to me when I was in first grade. I was in the local newspaper.
0: Wow, first um, grade. Yeah. That, that's then, a good goal. That's a good, right. um, achievement. Yeah.
1: All right. And then, um, uh, in sixth grade, I actually started to write a book and my poor English teacher was very nice and, and supportive, <laughs> but I never finished. And then I never had any aspirations as an adult to write no. at all. Wow. At all. I enjoyed writing papers at college. Mm-hmm. I was one of those weird people that was like, you know, a term paper. Yay. Yeah. Uh, but I never in a million years would have thought I would write a book, and like I said before in the very beginning, I started to write the book as a way to cope with stress and disappointment, and I wanted something I could control. Right. Um, and there's no better thing to control than a than world you create. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So uh, no, I I never had these aspirations, and I feel kind of odd sometimes when I talk to other authors who have been like, mm-hmm. you know, entering contests and 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 doing everything by the book for years, and I'm like, I, right. I, I didn't do any of that. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
1: This is, this is completely a shock. I never meant for this to happen, but I'm happy it did.
0: Yeah, so, definitely. And so, I'm always stumped when, when like another aspiring writer comes and asks me for advice. I never what, know what to say except to tell them what my process was. You know, learn from my mistakes yeah. and don't do that, Do do this instead. What do you tell uh, aspiring writers and people who want to be authors when they come to you for help and advice?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing I tell people is just write. Just sit down and start. Don't worry about making it pretty. Don't. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make grammatical errors. Mm-hmm. It, you know, rough drafts are. They're called rough drafts for a reason because they're rough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but the important thing is just get it out. You can fancy it up and pretty it up and fix it up later. Just if you have that itch to write something go ahead and and write it Mm -hmm. anything can be manipulated afterwards it doesn't necessarily have to be good right out of the gate
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh the important thing is the process just just you know organizing your thoughts and getting them out on paper
0: definitely wow and um yeah that's 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 amazing and uh so your contracts for your publication what did they look like because i know there's some like bad contracts uh, I didn't necessarily get a bad contract, but I could have gotten a better contract. What did your contract look like?
1: Um, It was a pretty standard contract. You know, I have an attorney friend. who read through it, mm-hmm. and there was nothing strange or crazy. You know, just basically the typical, like, we own the copyright for the publication set of this for so many years, and, and we take such a percentage of the royalties and mm-hmm. all of that. The yeah. typical contract, it, it was, you know, it was very... Um, What's the word? Basic, I guess. Basic? Standard. Standard.
0: Standard. Okay. Standard. Right. And do you already have like a fixed uh, ideal like amount of books that you want to write in your lifetime? or No, no? Not, not at, at all.
1: all. Not at all. I just kind of want, I just write as things pop into my right. head. So I really have no idea at all how many I want to write. And it's weird. I don't know about you being a writer, but there are times when you kind of go through a dry spell. Like, yeah. Life kind of gets in the way, so... Definitely. You know, I wrote three books in pretty quick succession, and then, like I said, life got in the way. And then mm-hmm. I had an idea about the more contemporary book that I'm writing, and then I had an idea about the historical fiction book that I'm exactly. writing. So um, things just kind of hit me in spurts,
0: mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, definitely. Um,
1: I I recently read something about... Uh, my goodness, I think it was Daniel Steele, perhaps. I can't remember who it was, but it was one of the authors that just writes an amount, uh, you know, has written an immense amount of books. And her schedule was grueling, very grueling. I mean, I think she wrote like 18 hours a day wow, oh. and, and 365 days a year and yeah. all of that. And I just, I personally, um, hey, more power to people who can do that. Right. That's not me. Yeah. I have kids and a husband and a life and yeah um, I just that that's not that's not my personality mm-hmm. so you know I I have a feeling throughout my life it'll kind of come and start some stuff
0: definitely yeah yeah that's me too I mean I love writing I'm passionate about it but 18 hours a day I can I won't survive
1: no no and uh, yeah I mean it, it, at that point I think it would for me cease to be fun
0: yeah definitely it's going to feel yeah. more like work than an actual passion. It's something you love, I think.
1: Right, right. And I love the fact that you can write something and then, you know, if you need a couple of days to go do something else, fine, mm-hmm. you can. I'm I, 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 I I'm not that kind of driven person. There are people out there that are that driven, but that,
0: that's not my personality. Mm-hmm. I think it's good to have some kind of balance. I mean, it took me a while to find that kind of balance between writing the podcast, school, and family and whatnot, working outside, Um, and it helped me a lot. I'm not sure about you. It sounds like you too because you don't want to write 18 hours a day, but you need that balance, I think, uh, in my opinion, to to stay kind of organized is what helped me. If not, I'd be all over the place.
1: Right, right. And for me, I think think for me, I have to do uh, some medical treatment every night that takes about an hour and a half. And so it's kind of, I have to wear a vest that kind of shakes my lungs and Mm -hmm. it's loud. And I have to use a nebulizer, which is loud. So I couldn't really watch TV and I couldn't really write with a pen or or draw or anything like that. So what else am I going to do for an hour and a half? I can Mm -hmm. kind of stare at the wall. I can't read because it shakes everything. Uh, So for me, it was kind of like this set time that, okay, for an hour and a half every day, I will do something book-related. Mm-hmm. If I want to extend that, I can. If I don't, I don't have to. I've done my due diligence for the day. Right. So um, it definitely has been an experience to kind of have that scheduled in time, but then also to have the freedom to expand if I want or or
0: end for the day. Mm-hmm. Super important. Wow. And thank you so much, Mike. And I mean, this was a pleasure. I had so much fun uh, hearing about your advice. Um, I don't think... I, I've had two other uh, author interviews, and um, I've never really asked for advice ex- until I asked you on your publication process and all that. And you had a you had a smooth ride compared to to, to what I had more. Um, uh, but uh, I'm so glad to have you on the podcast and to have had you and uh, kind of pick your brain a bit and and see what your thoughts were on uh, the publication process, getting publicity around your book. So thank you so much for taking your time to be on the podcast.
1: Absolutely great meeting you and uh i look forward to seeing more from you in the future
0: yeah likewise is there anywhere that my audience can find you on social media instagram facebook any of that
1: absolutely i am on instagram and facebook and linkedin and twitter although i have to admit i'm not a huge twitter user i try but
0: i yeah yeah me too i'm old it. It. I don't know. I'm old. <laughs> well, I'm young, and I, I'm still not a big Twitter. I'm not. I'm still not a okay. big Twitter user, um, but.
1: I, I, I'm kind of a twitty it, as I tell my husband. Um, and uh, <laughs> I do have a website and a blog. My website is mikeandcylindernilssonbooks uh, dot com. Okay. And oh my goodness, I will have to send you the link for my blog because. Sounds awesome. That, that's kind. Of, I think it's Mike and Cylinder Wright. Okay. Uh, at. Uh, Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I will have to send you my links. For but, sure. Uh, my name is spelled very strangely. It is M-A-J-K-E-N. Um, it's Swedish, and it's spelled strangely for Americans. Uh, so i not going to curse. Like, once you find me, I'm one of the only ones, but it's yeah, a little hard to find.
0: For sure. Well, other than that, thank you so much, Mikan, for being on here. Um, it was a pleasure. Is there anything that my audience can also look forward to when, when your next book is coming out, maybe?
1: Well, as I said, um, the second book that I wrote called *A Twist of Faith*. Yeah, uh, I'm in the process of editing it yet again, uh, spiffing it up so that I can hopefully find a, <laughs> uh, an agent or a publisher, um, or maybe my current publisher will pick it up. We don't right. know. of course. But. Um, hopefully that one will be out soon and that one um as i said i'm from nevada and that one revolves around more like the comstock load mm-hmm. in the 1870s 1880s mm-hmm. in nevada so that one's kind of even more near and dear to my heart than the other two right um it's kind of my baby i guess we all have our like baby book, yeah and that one is my baby i look forward so, to reading it um hopefully we will get that one out soon. Um, but as you know, it's not a quick process. I think a lot of people are always shocked to hear that it's like a year long process. Oh yeah. It takes time.
0: Sometimes more than a year.
1: Absolutely. It is not quick. So, um, but hopefully in the next year or so you'll be seeing something else from me again.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Mike. And, and, uh, I think this is the end of our interview. So thank you so much for taking your time and your generosity to be here and uh, giving a, giving me a bit of your information that I could use and that my audience could use. So thank you so All much right. for being here at the Athenium.
1: Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Good luck in your finishing up your last in the series. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: thank you. Likewise. You, yeah, have, you a have a good night.
1: You too. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. There you have it, guys. That was our interview with Mike and Nilson. She was an amazing, amazing interviewee. She gave us a lot to learn about publication, editing, and what it's like to just go through that slow process of publishing your book because, as she said, it's no, it's, no, it's no easy thing. It doesn't go by quick. And you're going to have some discouraging moments when publishers don't reply to you and uh, celebrities for the podcast don't reply to you or they reply to you with one-liners. It's always going to be... Uh, disheartening moments sometimes and you have to learn how to suck it up buttercup and push through right and uh, find that way to to, to make it work um, if the first publisher doesn't work you gotta find another one if uh, the editor doesn't work find a different one and Mike and Mike can help uh, help prove that and support that um, that uh, that uh, theory that uh, you gotta make it work You no matter what you find a way around it if plan A it's like Bill Gates says if plan A doesn't work there's like uh, uh, 26 other letters in the alphabet, right. Or 25, I forgot how many letters there are in the alphabet. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, uh, there's so many other plans that you can find to make it work and to find that right solution to your problem, because there's always a solution uh, to your problem, no matter what, it may think it may feel like there isn't, but there is. And uh, Mike help helped uh, support that. So I, um, I thank her so much for being on here. I'm so grateful for her advice and her help on the podcast. It was a great episode, especially after a a long break since our midseason finale with uh, Michael just a couple of weeks ago. Um, So thank you. Thank you guys for tuning in as always. And if you like the episode, feel free to leave a review. It always helps follow us on Spotify, Uh, subscribe on Apple podcasts, leave a review, leave a rating, leave a like, follow us on Instagram it always helps. You guys know that, and and like Mike and I discussed, it's always this heartwarming feeling as well, knowing that you guys are pleased with the work that we're giving you. Um, it it kind of lets us know that we're doing the we're doing something good, with that we're not off track, right? That we're getting you good stuff and not we're not screwing stuff up. So thank you so much, guys, for showing the love as always. And this is bringing us to the end of our episode. Uh, tonight. So with that said, guys, this is the Athenium signing off. Lights out.